Welcome back to All Rings Considered, a Tolkien podcast, episode 42, covering book four, chapter nine, Shelob's Lair. I'm Charlie, with me is Pip, and this is, uh, Hi there. this is, this is like the shortest chapter in the book, potentially the shortest chapter in the book. I didn't go back and count every single page, but this chapter in my edition is 10 pages long, which I don't think we've ever had a chapter that short. It's like quite brief. It is. I was also yes. surprised he hadn't combined it with the chapter that comes next, which also I think is kind of short on the page count and is basically the same event, you know. Um, so that's surprising. Um, but still, to summarize it, Frodo and Sam have come to a tunnel that Gollum has said is taking them to Mordor. This is where he's been leading them. The tunnel is pitch black. As they go through it, they feel like something's watching them. Frodo eventually does take out his light of, uh, it's like a file of light that Galadriel gave him. And he shines that light. They do see that the giant spider Shelob is after them, but Shelob is not super big on this light and not big on Frodo yelling out some elvish phrases and not big on Frodo having Sting with him. So all those things combine for Shelob to retreat. However, it's all a setup. Eventually, as Frodo and Sam are running out of the tunnel, Shelob gets in between them. She has been hiding, gets in between them. Gollum runs up then. Gollum had been missing this whole time. As soon as they got in the tunnel, go figure. Turns out he reappears, grabs Sam. Sam and Gollum are wrestling, and Sam throws him off and chases after him. And that's where the chapter ends, that Sam, has, Sam and Frodo have been split up with Shelob pursuing Frodo and Sam pursuing Gollum. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Very and this actually chapter. might... We say this every time. We do. trust us, yes. Um, but I actually think this this would be a chapter with the smallest amount of content. At least in a long time. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'm trying to remember the last time we had a chapter of this. It's, I mean, sure, there, there's a lot of action in it. It's a very action-packed chapter. I just don't know thematically. I didn't like, make any notes. I think there's some cool writing here. There's this sense that Shelob is very ancient, and Tolkien draws on that a lot. So he has these, these nice lines where he says... Um, he talks about after Frodo has come out with the light and said his elvish phrases, it says, but other potencies there are in Middle-earth, powers of night, and they are old and strong. And she that walked in the darkness had heard the elves cry that cry far back in the deeps of time, and she had not heeded it, and it did not daunt her now. That's really cool. Shelob is very ancient, and Tolkien does a really cool job of shifting to this elevated, dramatic style to describe her and how old she is and how, yeah, it's just really neat. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote uh, omniscient narrator um, being used here uh, for for that effect. Like the writing style kind of uh, falls into this descriptions that uh, Frodo and Sam, none of the characters know about. It narrator is directly talking to us about the history of Middle Earth, um, yeah. and yeah, it has that ancient effect. Here in uh, the lair, we see another instance of darkness having physical form. Um, there is, of course, the uh, this sense of darkness that is compared to uh, the darkness that they had in the Mines of Moria. This is even darker in some sense. Um, it's a physical force that's affecting the characters. Tolkien's darkness is not just an absence of light. It's something else. Yeah, it's its own kind of power for sure. I appreciated the reappearance of our star imagery coming here. We've seen this mm before uh specifically if you go back to our episode about journey to the crossroads talks about this with uh the crown on the king's head 
and it comes here in that the file of Galadriel is described as a star, a star that has descended into the very Earth. A star into the Earth. I think that's a really powerful image, but it's not technically a star yet. Right. Oh, you mentioned the words that Frodo uh, cries out when he's holding up the file. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually really cool. Uh, the quote is, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this Elvish. So he says some Elvish. Uh, he yes. cried. I think it's like uh, Aarendil, then... Elenion, Ankalima. Uh, so he says that, says that and the rest of the quote is, sure. he cried and knew not what he had spoken, for it seemed that another voice spoke through his uh, through his clear, untroubled... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, another voice I misparsed spoke through that. His. Yeah. Uh, spoke through <laughs> his. Clear, untroubled by the foul air of the pit. Um, so... I think it's cool that he has no idea what he's saying um, and that words themselves also have a life of their own here. There, there's something yeah. else going on here that it, it's the, the, the words themselves have this power and meaning beyond his intention behind them. Yeah. I also, just one last quick hit from me, the sort of relationship between Sauron and Shelob is worth talking about here. Sauron has this interesting like respect for Shelob and lets her live there he knows she's there and thinks that's convenient the sort of security guard for my kingdom and but it's, but it seems to have some kind of respectish for her i don't know i get you get that vibe so let's look at the passage itself it says and as for sauron he knew where she lurked it pleased him that she should dwell there hungry but unabated in malice a more sure watch upon that ancient path into his land than any other that his skill could have devised and orcs they were useful slaves but he had them in plenty if now and again shelob caught them to stay her appetite she was welcome he could spare them and sometimes as a man may cast a dainty to his cat his cat he calls her but she owns him not sauron would send her prisoners that he had no better uses for he would have driven he would have them driven to her hole and report brought back to him of the play she made uh so on one hand respect on another sauron thinks of her as his cat it's inferior <laughs> yeah um but i like this but this there's parenthetical talking ads throws me off and i want to get your take on it okay it says the parenthetical goes his cat he calls her but she owns him not is tolkien suggesting that cats own their people yeah that also gave me pause um when i was reading it uh i did not eventually make sense of it i, I didn't either i'm, I'm kind of stuck on this so uh it almost seems like he is in which case is it is it like a weird it seems like a joke in it's either that or uh, like i honestly thought it could have been a mistake um hmm that's a good point you know what let's hold up hold up i have let me get the reader's companion i have it right here let's take a look at what the reader's companion says about this chapter see if they call on it because the uh the reader's companion for those who don't know uh it's by wayne hammond and christina skull and it's just got a lot of good notes on the the text as far as how it changed over time like uh and they might have a note on this maybe it shows up in some other draft or something let's take a look all right they okay they do they have something about this line so here we go uh but she owns him not that is she does not acknowledge sauron's authority hmm. 
Hmm, I'm not sure where they how they get that from that phrase, but maybe there's some maybe there's some meaning to the word own that yeah is not what we're thinking of. It must be another sense of the word. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Because you can you can own up to something, but in some sense it's responsibility, but acknowledgement. But uh, we we really are kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here for content. (laughs) 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 What do words mean? Um. No, but actually, I think that's an interesting call out. Uh, I also had trouble there making sense of what was going on. See, okay, wait, uh, wait. Here we go. Here we go. Um, there is. Okay, I just typed in own definition into Google. And if you go down, you can see an archaic usage of it where it's where you acknowledge paternity. Huh. Uh, acknowledge paternity, authorship, or possession of. Well, there you go. And this is the type of insight that you won't get anywhere else. <laughs> so I, I want to read a quick description of of Shelob. This is in uh, the passage is talking about her and Gollum, but I think also applies to Sauron. But her lust was not his lust. Little she knew or cared of for towers or rings or anything devised by mind or hand. Who only desired for all others, uh, who only desired death for all others, mind and body, and for herself a glut of life. So really, it's I like this theme. I like this uh, instance of two different, very different forms of evil. That it's not all just wrapped up nicely and like, oh, there's this dominion force that is... Uh, Sauron to me feels much more of a, uh, like a sophisticated evil, an evil that is a, uh, a consequence of agency. Where thinking beings can have this this evil about them, and Shelob is a more primal, more closely associated with death. Because mm-hmm. when I think of Sauron, I don't think about death. That's a tool yeah. for for dominance, for dominion. Yeah, dominance for sure. All right, um, ten page chapter. We're there we go. Just over ten pages or ten minutes, excuse me, in the episode. I got nothing more to say. Favorite line. My favorite line, um, I think maybe it is when Frodo's first holding up uh, the file and he draws the sword. Then Frodo's heart flamed within him, and without thinking what he did, whether it was folly or despair or courage, he took the file in his left hand and with his right hand drew his sword. Sting flashed out, and the sharp elven blade sparkled in the silver light, but at its edges a blue fire flickered. Then holding the star aloft, and the bright sword advanced. Frodo, hobbit of the Shire, walked steadily down to meet the eyes. Um, and you get this description in the chapter of Shelob as this ancient evil that, you know, the words and lights of elves don't daunt her. And and then it's Frodo. Near the end of, end of our uh, journey here, uh, going down to actually meet the, uh, meet the evil. Um, and this is kind of different than uh, Frodo had a similar episode like this when he was uh, the nine were crossing the river and he draw yeah. his sword and said, you will not have the ring and you will not have me, um, which I love. And this is different, actually. This is uh, Frodo is actually actively pursuing. He marches forward here. Um, and I think that's great. Love it. My favorite line was right underneath it. Just let's continue the passage. <laughs> Frodo's walking down to meet the eyes and it says that one by one they dimmed and slowly they drew back 
no brightness so deadly had ever afflicted them before from sun and moon and star they had been safe underground but now a star had descended into the very earth excellent yeah love it okay so what's next so we we should uh well what's next i should we start there sorry so what's next is uh chapter 10 the choices of master samwise it is the last chapter of book four and the last chapter of the two towers it's going to therefore i think deserve some a little bit of special attention as we've done in previous chapters that ended either a book or one of the volumes which of course actually we only did that once because that would have been for the breaking of the fellowship um with that being said we are we have a we're, we have a bit of special circumstances coming up pip um we do we do so I'm, I'm not sure exactly if we'll do that chapter on our next episode we might not because uh pip and i are going to switzerland next week and it's exciting we are hoping to get some content out to you guys while we are there and yeah we're hoping to make that a little special because we are actually going to a place in switzerland that tolkien himself had also been to and drew some inspiration from so we're hoping to uh basically if i don't come back with my own thousand page novel after this trip i'm going to be pretty disappointed i'll take a picture too nice whatever inspires you i'll you know Um, i'll direct your biopic oh thank you charlie yeah i like the sound of that anyway what what we so okay we are working on what we will actually do there we will get back to you guys maybe it will be about the next chapter maybe it'll just be about some kind of special tolkien and switzerland thing i don't know we will see um a lot of it depends on kind of our technology setup and that sort of stuff so uh look forward to that We will uh, see you next time.